again, everybody. Welcome to After Further Review with Mark Ferrer. I almost said John Pelkey and Mark Ferrer because I'm trying to try to change some things up to make it different, but it just doesn't sound right. With so with Mark Ferrer and John Pelkey, Jeff Taylor returning to the show. Even the producer got fed up with us and decided to go away for a couple of days. Probably not a bad idea. Um, a, a lot to talk about today, uh, but uh, at the top of my list of things to talk about today is that we're not going to do a progressive trip. That's at the top of my list. This is my choice, Mark. Right, it's your show. For a couple of reasons. Um, chief among those is it's... That it's, you've never liked progressive trivia. You hate it. You you don't enjoy it at all. That's no, the chief reason, that you no. wanted to get rid of it from the top. That's right. It, that's a, reason number one. Nope, that's not a reason at all. Uh, I thought you were going to say because you're just too lazy to write a new one. And that, there's a better, a, you know, a better than average chance that that's pretty much true on any given day. But uh, we don't have anything to give away. And I'm starting to feel like... I just I I, I don't know. Even thank you for a grateful nation, John. I mean, why why are you still attached to material possessions? Because uh, I got nothing else. I mean, uh, there's nothing at yeah the ESPN Club bats. Remember, we gave those away. Little right. Louisville sluggers. We, we, we gave away all kinds of things. You know? And honestly, giving away. Imagine no bats. possessions, John. Imagine no possessions. I'm not sure you. I'm not sure you can. <laughs> it's easy if you try. Uh, I'm not sure it made a lot of sense to give out uh, bats to people on college football Saturdays at the ESPN no, Club. No, I am questioning not that. A good call at because all. those those were the only nights, Mark. That and I think you can you back me up on this. Those were the only nights we really had fights. You know, it's not uncommon to have a tussle in a sports bar. I think everyone would agree, but it is on Disney property, and right. nominally we pay uh, some sort of homage to the. Family magical bullshit. Uh, but uh, we would have on a college football night fights, fights between men and men, women and women, perhaps just sort of Donnie Brooks involving everyone. We've had uh, sinks broken off the wall. People pulled really? television monitors out. Yeah, college football Saturday. See, I, I, you're I not never, generally a college football Saturday guy. I wasn't really ever there. And yeah, you, you were you never there Riley, on Saturday. You and our, our good friend Riley Claremont, who was another uh, ESPN full-time host for close to 20 years, uh, you would regale me with these stories with uh-huh. this glint in your eye. Yeah, it was. It was like watching a you know WWE event. Yeah, and you you know you great. enjoyed it. It was great if you, you know, the working Saturday nights was always a bit of a bummer. Though, again, for a college football guy like me, just to get to sit there and watch all the games, which weren't quite as available uh, then as they are now. But uh, that was kind of cool. But right. and, and that's what you would have been doing anyway. But. Sure. Yeah. But I would I would have been. Well, I would have been more drunk. Let's just say that. Uh, but those were the days. That's where the only you, that was the only drawback to the game. Yeah. Uh, and the drawback, of course, meaning you had to hide it. Um, the uh, people would come and stay all day, even more so than NFL games. And, you know, they'd get liquored up. And frankly, again, I I applaud anybody with the cash flow to get drunk at a Disney bar. I mean, honestly, that's like, well, you talk yeah. about the one percenters. Sure. Jesus, God almighty. That, that must have just set you back. Good God. Um, right. Because of just a beer. Just a beer was seventeen forty, right? Yeah, seventeen forty-seven. Actually, um, it uh, it was it was pricey, but you would have you would have throwdowns, and we actually had uh, 
women fighting and there was a large plexiglass Which you ESPN. probably loved more than anything else didn't you there was there's a party and i'm sorry more than anything else anything more than else. any more than any other fights that occurred on ah, saturday well. nights the novelty yes but also you know well and guys fight you know the way guys fight it, you know, it's a couple of swings and then you get into, you know, sure. like a bear hug and then you both realize the futility of all of this and what you've done. And then there's a better than average chance that one of you, if not both of you, are going to buy the other a drink when it's over. Right. You'll be hanging out, laughing and talking because men get it out right away. And, yeah. and, and women, you know, there's a different, uh, you know, different. Oh, my God. It's biting. It's biting, kicking, eye gouging, throwing through plexiglass signs. Um, you know, it's there's one woman killed a woman with a trident once in the show. Uh, it's I mean, honestly, it was she or that might have been Anchorman. That might have been Anchorman. I might I might be okay. uh, that might not have ha- actually happened. No, uh, it's it, it's interesting. So you've seen it all. You've seen it all. The ESPN club. Your basic point is. It would not have been a good idea to give away bats. On and we did. And we did give away bats. And on it's college just, football day. It's a, it's amazing. Well, yeah, because, I mean, we never really had. Well, sometimes we would. I have, don't remember giving away bats. You don't ever. remember giving the bats away? No. We had a lot of those bats. Remember, because generally the way it works for the Walt Disney Company is is basically, you know, order a bunch of stuff on COD and then never pay the bill. Because, I mean, how often that's sort of a corporate thing, though. Just COD is a corporate fashion term, isn't it? At this point, COD. COD. But, you know, you can delivery. If you're a big company, you can get away with not paying your bills for extended periods of time because they're looking at the whole, you know, the eventually we're going to get paid and this is a big account and uh, come on mark how many times did we wander in on a sunday and have some poor underpaid overworked manager on the phone begging begging direct tv to keep the games on because Uh, they they hadn't paid the bill in months since the ford administration in some in some get away with so much when you have means you really can't sure it's just uh you know money changes everything mark i don't know who said that but money changes everything so it certainly changes your ability not to have to pay anyone, apparently. Well, not to just play by the rules, not to sure. play by the exact rules. You know, if you have Fair. a lot of money, you can kind of just, uh, you know, do what you want. You've, I just think there's this sort of DNA that runs through our, our, our systems. I'm not sure it's an American thing or just a human nature thing, but it's this DNA that assumes you're smarter if you have a lot, enough money. Sure. I think yeah. it's a yeah. wrong assumption, obviously, yep. that you work harder. If you yep. have a lot of money, no, it's the everyone else, which I think is a, I think is a diluted point of view as well. Absolutely, yeah. and that you deserve a break or two in you terms of following the rules or paying your bills on times, which which I think all three are diluted. Yeah, and I just think that there's something in us, and and it may just be a human nature thing that just equates success of any level mm-hmm. with all of those things I just said. Which right. obviously you're a hard worker, you're smart. And you uh, deserve a break. I was watching. Uh, I think it was. Come on. It might have been immigrants coming to this country in 1900. All of the ragtime cast, the third of the ragtime cast, if you will, uh, that come to this country. <laughs> I was in that other third. The ones that just, you know, no, you were in the, the yes, generational exactly. wealth. Yeah, you, yeah. you were in the other Fun third. That, Fun to play. Um, I, 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 yeah, it's it's funny because I was watching. I, I think it might have been Rich Eyes and a clip from Rich Eyes and show uh, where he was talking with Billy Joel 
about, you know, he and Springsteen are friends and they know each other, you know, live around the same area and stuff. And they've been, you know, famous for about the same amount of time and blah, blah, blah. And Billy Joel was talking about having been at a Springsteen show. And it turned out it was at the same Springsteen show that uh, Eisen had been to. And I think it was Rich Eisen. It might have been Dan Patrick. But anyway, talking about, you know, and we, we, we heard you were there and we were looking around for you. Now, Billy, did, did you pay for your ticket? And Billy Joel, of course, is like, well, no. I'm only worth $4 billion. How, how, why would I drop $200 on a Springsteen ticket for God's right. sake? But you know, it's like free tickets to celebrities to go to theme parks and all of that stuff. So anyway, I just, but I, I'm so happy Jeff still has the bat. I, I used to have one. I can't find it anymore. I have of three of them hanging back there. If you look closely I have them in between my pictures of, uh, Actually, there are four of them hanging yep. in between my pictures of the Washington football team, Washington Nationals, and Washington Capitals calendars. One of our better giveaways, I think, was uh, was the uh, you know at 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 a, at a point we give away these pins that were collectors' items, and honestly, if you <laughs> we got had a one huge stick on that thing, and it was really fun. <laughs> you were we lucky enough to be that Riley was so uh, one of our co-hosts was so upset when we would just you know go we just. By rote, we do the same shtick every right. night. And it's like, why not? It works. Yes. Why reinvent the wheel when you don't have to? Like, yeah. choose your battles in terms at, of reinventing the wheel. So look at Charlie Chaplin. Considered, a, considered one of the greats. Pretty much the same act. Movie after movie. Sure. Pretty much the same act. Just playing the same. Even, even called it the same character, the little tramp. It's like, I'm not even going to make a nod towards trying right. to expand this in it, any way. Exactly. It's just the little tramp in a different scenario. That's yeah. all. Ooh, let's, put him in a, let's put him in an industrial setting. Now let's put him on a farm. I mean. Now, now let's equate him to Adolf Hitler and uh, see what happens there. Come made on. a little change there. One of my favorite movies. All right. So en- enough of this. We're, we're not doing progressive trivia because we don't have cool bats to give away. Uh, so, and- so that's your primary reason is that we don't have stuff to give away. Yeah, and it's just grown tiresome, and I'm and I'm thinking maybe uh, maybe something different where we you know we ask a trivia question uh, at the top of the show, uh, just mm-hmm. just just a trivia question and equate something like you know I know a lot of shows do that, but just the progressive trivia. Eh, eh. Um, maybe we'll get back to it later. But one of the reasons that I wanted to do it today, Mark, is because as you know, on Mondays, particularly in 2020, with every sport happening at every moment um we, we have a lot to talk about so we have a lot to talk about today um, is. so so we're going to try to do it without progressive trivia and and we're going to try to make it a succinct and uh enjoyable show without the progressive trivia and if, if we fail we find out that the progressive trivia is all we have and, and we'll fall back on that um there's a one in three chance that that's probably what, what it is but let's talk about everything that happened this weekend mark let's, let's do start it. in the nfl uh, once again, I'd like to thank the NFC for uh, reiter- reiterating our position that we have absolutely no idea what's happening in the NFC. I have a new, I have a new best team in the NFC. Okay, good. Thank God, because we'll, we'll, we'll get to I, that when, when when we talk about it. But I have, well, a, I have a new favorite team in the NFC, and I think maybe could you could argue it's the best team in the NFC. Okay, okay, uh, that and that is actually where I wanted to start because I had to, you know, our good friend, uh, and by good friend I mean a man we met once who would have no memory of it, and uh, we we enjoy his show. Colin Cowherd uh, does that where I was right and where I was wrong, and I really like that. My wife loves that segment of of the Cowherd show. You gotta love it. Do it. I, I, I want to just. It a lot. I want to admit that He's my popular with the uh, with with the non sports fans as a rule, which is great. Which yeah. is so are we. So are we. Because um, we try to avoid, we try to sure. get away from the sports thing as often as possible. And, and sure. you know, 
it, it, it's all relative by popular. I mean, there are two or three people who enjoy the moments that we do outside of that. But uh, I, I'm just going to say where John was wrong is in anointing. Well, first of all, anointing any NFC team, the best team in the NFC at any point in time. That is, that is a horrible choice for anyone to do. Yes. But, I'm about but, to make that mistake. I'm about to make the John Pelkey mistake. I'm going to I'm going to talk about uh, the fact that I was really wrong about the Seattle Seahawks. And I'm beginning to worry about the Seattle Seahawks because I am buying into the narrative, Mark, that Russell Wilson is taking everything on his shoulders and that he's pressing um, and that that defense is just simply not anywhere near good enough to make any noise in the playoffs. That's where I am now. A solid 13 days. 14 days, I don't know when it was, 17 days after saying that they were the best team in the NFC. Right now, I don't feel that way anymore. It's okay. It's okay. You you have a... Um, Third best team in their division. And, That's who they are right now. <laughs> there is there is a uh, there's a good and a bad about the fact that you tend to be a little bit more... Um, I, I don't have a better phrase than this, and so forgive me for this. I don't mean it as as stark as this. There, listen, there's so many but things I'll never for forgive worse, you you're for. You're more of a slave. There's so many things I'll never forgive you for that I'm sure this one won't even – I won't even remember this there, on the list. Is there really? Did you see Dave Chappelle's Saturday Night Live? Now, I was, I was house-sitting at your house. Yes, you were. During that Dave Chappelle yes. uh, 16-minute – brilliant monologue he's a funny man and he's and he says i don't know if you've seen have you seen the entire I have, yes i have and I, I and i know a lot of i know a lot of that probably you know didn't appeal to you because he reaches out to sort of everyone and, and asks people to forgive each other and i know that's anathema yeah to how you how you uh nope. you know never even things. unless you're one up mark you're never even unless you're one up that's my motto so okay it it's I'm sorry that there are all kinds of things you will never forgive me for. I know I could probably think of a couple off the top of my head. 20 years old, at least. Yeah. There's there's at least a few that are 20 years old, maybe 19 years old at this point. And, uh, but the thing is, is that if you, you're a little bit more of a, of a, you adhere a little bit more to the narrative than I do. Okay. And I I think partly because of that, that means you listen more to the narrative than I do, which is. I actually watch sports. You you actually watch more of the games. You actually listen to more of the narrative regarding the games. So all of that is 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 a kudo to you. But at the same time, uh, you also get sort of, you know, trapped into the thinking of the day and, you know, you run with it. And the thinking of the day today is that Seattle is that they're putting too much on Russell Wilson and that he is pressing too much. I think he's got. Is it 10 turnovers in the last four games? They've lost three out of four. Yeah, they have. And he had three turnovers yesterday He had four the day before. Not the day before the week before. And it, and it is interesting. I just think Russell Wilson uh, will find a way, you know, to get back on track. But well, yes, Seattle can. has lost their way a little bit because defensively they have made no improvements at well, all. That's where, and and in fact, that's even more so than. And it's understandable why Russell Wilson is doing because uh, they have not done a, a great job about of of putting a really good team around him. They've relied a lot on him, and he has stepped up in many ways. But it's really not my criticism of Wilson. I understand what he's doing, but I no, think I, it's, it's the it's, team. Since I uh, I made the pronouncement that I thought they were probably the best team in the NFC, due almost exclusively to the fact that I trust Russell Wilson more than just about anybody else, um, 
what you said to me at that point in time was you didn't think the defense was good enough. And I started paying attention and, and more than I had previously. And I, I think that that defense is bad. I don't think it's just not good enough. I think it's a bad defense right now. And they added Jamal Adams. Now, I know he's been banged up, but he's come back. It's it's just very interesting. They lost Jadavian. I I think that's just such a big part of it. It's it's the 49ers losing to Forrest Buckner. Yeah, they got a couple of guys uh, to replace him, but they lose Nick Bosa. If you can't get to the quarterback, then forget about the rest of your defense. I don't care how good your linebackers or your, or your back end. And they're not anywhere near as good. I mean, their back end, the Legion of boom, all of that. I mean, they used to be, I I mean, that that's a, that's a defensive position group that we'll be talking about, you know, like the, uh, you know, the front four of the, of the Minnesota Vikings and maybe not completely to that uh, extent, but they were, you know, they were folk heroes. And now, they're pretty average, and I'm being generous on the back end as well. And they can't get pressure. Their linebackers are average, I think, at best. Yeah, I mean, uh, Bobby Wagner is probably still a cut above most What is other. he, 52? He's, yes, as of yesterday, yes. Yeah. Happy birthday to Happy the whole birthday. Wagner family. <laughs> Which is something we've always done, you've always done, and it is inexplicable. Why right. Why you, the whole family? Well, I right. feel, you know, it like takes a Facebook, village. John, when someone says, happy birthday, John, do they wish the entire Pelkey family? I'm they, just uh, about it. So, yeah, I mean, I I'm know. an only child of an only child, So, and, and, and we don't have any kids. So, you know, pretty much the whole family line dies with me. That's true. That's true. And you expect to die alone, and I think logically that probably makes the most sense. Yeah. All right. So the thing is, is that there's three, six and three teams in the NFC West. There's nine teams in the AF, AFC, John, that are six and three or, or, or above, which is nuts to me. Remarkable. Baltimore is, I think, the seventh seed at this point because they're six and three. It's <laughs> and just, who doesn't uh, believe they can it get, is a, get It is a fun year. I'll have, I'll have to admit. And, and who doesn't think yeah, that Baltimore I mean, I could get hot? Exactly. Yeah, I, I, uh, I no, I, I think a lot of people think that they can't because I think I think there's a lot of narrative out there that Lamar, you know, Lamar's been they they figured him out. You know what well, I mean? They figured he had 250 yards and a couple of touchdowns and 58 yards on the ground. That's a pretty darn good game. Well, I think hey, what people have figured out. I think what people figured out, Mark, is what he does, and that that offense is not. Um, they're not as dynamic in, uh, at other positions. Yeah. So you can spend a little more time worrying about him, which I don't think they were doing in the beginning. And defenses catch up. There was a great, uh, who was That's it? Uh, I think it was, uh, it It might have been Michael Vick or or um, Trent Dilfer talking to Colin Coward about, you know, the Tampa 2 was the defense that everybody played. And now nobody plays it uh, because it's, it, you know, it's been figured out. And I think basically what's happened with Lamar is it's not necessarily him. And yeah, there are things he can clean up. He's still, he's younger than Joe Burrow, folks. Lamar Jackson is younger than Joe Burrow. Um, there are things he needs to clean up. But I think what people have found out, Mark, is that there are other, you don't have to focus as much on other aspects of that offense. So you can rely on, 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 on keying on him more. Yes, I agree. 
All right. I, I, all that, all that. And I got me. I, I feel like I've, I've, I've taken this off track, but, uh, was this the NFL segment? See, without progressive, John, yeah, you don't know what to do. You we, don't we know. Don't what know what, do. I don't know what segment we're in. We're in the NFL segment. We've all segued right. into the NFL segment. Can we, can we continue talking about the NFL? I know Kimberly, Charmin. Kimberly wants us to talk about college football, wants us to talk about the Gators. We will. Who are still really on the outside looking in, but boy, oh boy! Um, well, and I think talk about I disagree. I disagree. Gators, Gators control their own destiny, and it is impossible to control destiny. I understand the dictionary definition of destiny is that it's something that happens without your control. So, the literally the controlling of destiny is impossible. However, that said, I do a I, I do a, a, a sports talk in theory podcast, so I will say they control their own destiny because if they went out, they're yeah. in the thing, Mark. Sure. If they beat Alabama, you're right. And it, they're, they're in the damn thing. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about them. But just want to continue to talk about the NF, uh, NFL, Mark, because you're you're speaking my language with these six and three teams in the AFC. The, the, the Las Vegas Raiders. No, it is fun. I am they just keep you. winning. Nobody thinks am, they're good. And they just am, keep winning. I am telling you, this is this is very, very fun right now. And I think their next game is against the Chiefs, who they, they are the only team that has beat that have beaten the Chiefs this year. So that's a lot of fun. The fact that I mean, Buffalo might as well be eight and two, but at the same time, because of that last play, they're seven and three. They also only have like a point four, not a point four, a plus four point differential. So they've been living on the edge the entire season. Yeah, they have. The, the Dolphins, we talked about this the other day, they've got like a 64-70 point differential. It's basically third in the uh, behind Pittsburgh and, and Kansas City. That is a very fun team. Vegas is a very fun team. You talked about Indianapolis. That They're defense is really good. Uh, Tennessee is 6-3, and three, and that defense for Indianapolis absolutely is very, is very good. Uh, this is a really, really fun conference. There's nine teams, John, and and they're only going to take seven and maybe eight if if coronavirus makes it thus. Right. And, uh, and and that means there's a six and three team out there, which are, you know, by definition, you're probably going to finish 10 and six at the very least, if not right. 11 and five, if you're already six and three. And one of those teams is not going to make the playoffs. And there's and yet, a pretty there's good chance. A team that's five, eight and two. <laughs> I was going to say I was going to say three twelve and one. There's a team three twelve and one in the NFC East. No five eight and three. There's going to be a five eight and three team that wins in the AFC in the NFC. Crazy. It it, it really is. It it really is crazy. And all of the young good quarterbacks uh, that we're seeing um, now. Again, we talked about the fact that these. These rookies are playing without crowds and crowd noise. And so there are going to be, there's going to be a learning curve. And certainly we've seen rookie quarterbacks who played well. Rick Meyer, remember, was the AFC offensive rookie of the year in Seattle. And his career only lasted another, as a starter, only lasted a couple of years after that. But it seems like there's a lot of good young talent um, in, in the AFC. And I want to talk about that for just a second, Mark. And I swear, Kimberly, we will talk about you. You're unhappy with this. You, you still don't understand what segment we're in. And now I, I can tell you, you're not enjoying this without the progressive trivia. Just admit it. Just, just say this. You've already made your mind. No, oh, I have not. I have right. not, but I, I, it is okay. It is fair for me to look perplexed, confused. Right. Well, uh, at any when, time when we're, when we're changing. 
Either of them. Well, at any time, yes. But if there's any sort of change, I'm uh, people philosophically say they love change, but actually in reality, in terms of on the ground doing it, Agreed. it's it's tough and confusing and it it puts you on your heels. And that's where I am right now. That's what you're seeing. That's what you're feeling in the vibe. No problem. I want to ask I haven't, I haven't made a judgment yet, John. All right. I want to talk about two two quarterbacks um who are playing very, very well, but if history tells us anything, they may be at the end of their career. They may be disappointments. All right. And that is, is fun. Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert through no fault of their own. They may be in trouble. Joe Burrow, by benefit of where he was drafted. I told you that. Yep. I told you that number one quarterbacks, Heisman trophy winning number one quarterbacks do not have major careers. They really don't have hall of fame careers. They, they really don't do well because of where they're drafted. Right. And, and I, particularly I Cincinnati on that. And particularly I actually Cincinnati. did research on it. And here's why I want to bring it up. I'm sorry. To, and, and we got the delay. So it's a little difficult and I apologize for cutting you up, but here's with Cincinnati where I, where I think a lot of times when that doesn't happen, and this is what I think is going to be a problem with Justin Herbert, because people are already talking about, gee, Anthony, Bill Belichick, don't you want to finish out your career with Justin Herbert in, in San Diego? Um, a lot of these guys don't succeed because they're on bad teams that change their coach a lot. Cincinnati's interesting because they stuck with Marvin Lewis a lot longer than most teams would have would have stuck because they were at times a good team there. They had Andy Dalton, a, a decent quarterback, and they still couldn't win anything. And I think a lot of the culture there is is destined to fail. They don't have. I, I did not realize until today they don't have an indoor practice facility in Cincinnati. Because the Brown family is cheap. They do things on the cheap. They don't have the scouting. Or I really, really think Joe Burrow, and I, and I underappreciated how poor that uh, culture is there in Cincinnati. But, you know, you just watched them against Pittsburgh yesterday, and he, he's a very good player. And they're a very poor team. And I, I just I just fear they're either going to stick with somebody for too long or they're going to do what I'm afraid you're going to see in San Diego, which is, you know, Anthony Lynn two seasons ago is 12 and four. And he improved what they were a nine win team his first year, a 12 win team. They dropped off the face of the earth uh, when Philip Rivers production went down and they and they had some some talent problems. But I think it would be an enormous mistake to start changing coaches on Justin Herbert right now. Well, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly, even though San Diego is a lot of people. That was a lot of people's sexy pick prior, prior right. to the season. I because, think that was a bad sexy pick, though. I just think I, it was a bad I, sexy I pick. I think they have the roster to actually compete for a playoff spot. I really do. And they they just find a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. They just do. Yeah. They just do. They're like the Democratic Party. Really, <laughs> they are. <laughs> You know, uh, blue wave, blue wave. And yeah, let's, you know, let's talk about defund the police. And so we just snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Sorry, didn't mean to bring up politics, but that's what the Chargers are like. How many games, John, are they ahead in the fourth quarter that they lose? They're, they've only won two games. They probably should have won five, maybe yeah. six. Yeah, five I or six games. The do that. And in a lot of ways, unfortunately, I like Anthony Lynn. I do. I'm a fan. I, I'm a, a very supportive. 
But where do you leave that blame if well, it's not I, the coach? I, but I just think, Mark, in a, in a year like this year with everything that's going on um, and, and the fact that you have in Herbert, I think we all agree, a guy who looks like he's got all the skills. Um, I just you have to weigh that. Should we have been a playoff team this year just because we were sexy and everybody loved our roster? Um because of that, should we make a coaching change for a second-year quarterback? I, I I just think continuity for young quarterbacks is important. Do they are there changes that they need to make? You know, if if we're seeing the same thing next season, you know, I don't expect you to be Jerry Jones with Jason Garrett, or you know, where you just really in in many of our minds have the talent and stay with the wrong guy for an extended period of time. I don't think we know with San Diego. We liked their talent. Um, maybe we liked it a little more than we should, but I, I would really worry for uh, for Justin Herbert if they start making changes because that's not the greatest culture out there either for winning. I mean, and they have a it's, history of not clamming. finishing. Clamming. Yeah. I just Pulling looked defeat. into my crystal ball over here, and uh, I saw Justin Herbert. Actually, they're going to draft another guy in a couple of years, and then his uh, free agency is going to come up. He's going to sign elsewhere and go on to be a become a Hall of Famer. I think they're going to lock him up after this year. I maybe next, maybe they'll give him two years, but I think they're going to lock him up. I That's think, why I think, I think John. I think if Trevor Lawrence, let me ask you this, and this is sort of a weird segue, but uh, it's not meant to be a segue. If Trevor Lawrence doesn't go for the draft this year, if he decides to stay Clemson another year, mm-hmm. uh, does that reduce his chances in your mind of being an all time bust, or is, is he still going to be an all time bust? It, does it reduce his chances if he's not going to go to the Jets, for instance? <laughs> right. And he's got another year to mature in college. <laughs> and the expectations and the hype around him die down and are mellowed out a little bit. Does that increase his chances of not being an all-time bust on the on the same equivalency as Ryan Leaf? To you? I, I think it does, actually. I think I would like that. Will that upset more? you? Would that upset you? Nothing would upset me. I don't. I you don't like him. No, you I don't want dislike him. To him. Fail. I do not wish. I do not want him to fail. I simply believe he will. Uh-huh. It's, it's not not me. And and I haven't I haven't placed a bet on it. It's not. I, I have nothing riding on it. I mm, hope you have he, a lot riding on it in terms of your own internal, you know, you, sort of credibility. You seem to believe. No, I have. It, look, if anybody thinks I have credibility, they have issues that I can't help you with because again, no credibility. Um, but I think if he would go back, I want to see how he uh, navigates this. Now, in theory, he'll be back next week though. I don't, I'm not sure what the testing protocol is. I think we won't really find out for another couple of days. Um, and if he navigates that well, that will say something of him. I just, you know, I think he's a good quarterback on a great team. Um, who makes them better because he is good at the quarterback position. But I've seen what they do with quarterbacks at uh, at Clemson. They they get good players. I just don't, in my mind, all the evidence is there that he's going to be great, and that worries me. Yeah, well, there you go. The evidence may go down. The expectations may go down. I'd like and, to see the expectations drop a little and, bit. And that helps you because you're like me in terms of any anything that trends a little too much, anything that smacks me. sort of a mob mentality narrative, you kind of buck up against. And, and I agree with that. And, and speaking of bad cultures, you know, you talked about the Bengals. You talked about the Chargers. The New York Jets. Yeah. 
I mean, talk about a place where quarterbacks go to die. Now, granted, do any of those Southern California quarterbacks really deserve? Uh, I mean, did they really have a chance to be great in the NFL? Maybe not. Right. right. Maybe not. And, you know, does does a New York Jet team that some people thought were starting to put the pieces together, I mean, do, does that happen? I just think that culture is also – there are certain teams – where the culture is just so embedded in losing, it's just it's going to take multiple generations to get out. See? Washington football team under Dan Snyder. I mean, they had the culture, but under Dan Snyder, it's been a culture where I don't know how successful they're going to be. Now, they played better yesterday um, and deserved, I think, to win that game, as did Detroit, because at times they were much better. That uh, was a, a, a fun game. It was nice to see Alex Smith get out and play well. Yes. But I think there's a culture there that's going to be difficult to overcome, just as I think the culture in Dallas is going to be difficult to overcome um, for, for Dak. And you know, again, I go back to the fact that if they couldn't do better with what everyone considered a, you know, uh, once in a generation offensive line, which they had a couple of years ago, that really, that would worry me about them. All right. Um, one more thing. I, I think, uh, that was brought up today and over the last couple of days about uh, we have to give a little credit to the Arizona Cardinals, um, not for how they're playing or anything, but the fact that they gave, that they saw in Josh Rosen after one season with Kyler Murray available to them, that that was, he was a better, he looked like a better player and they'd seen, I don't think they'd necessarily seen enough from Rosen, but what I think they'd seen from Murray showed that, you know, if you'd have drafted, a, a defensive lineman overall number one the day before you know the year before and then somebody had come out who was a once in a lifetime guy you might have moved away from that defensive lineman people are loath to do that for quarterbacks but i think mark we might see more and more of that as more quarterbacks come out of college well, prepared yeah i think we might see people yes passing on guys more quickly well two things first of all kyler murray and the arizona cardinals in my mind, I'm going to say they're the best team in the NFC right now because they can make anything happen at any given time. Kyler Murray is what Lamar Jackson was last year mm -hmm. in a lot of ways with a twice as better arm or at least a 40 percent better arm. Well, and, and a better runner. I mean, he, he is a I mean, he's got like Barry Sanders type ability as a, as a runner for God's and, sake. Yeah, that last play, as great and, and the fact that they were able to get DeAndre Hopkins, well, is is still inexplicable. Give Murray all the credit you want. DeAndre Hopkins made that play. Well, I disagree. I mean, I think it was no, really you're both. wrong. It was it was really both. Kyler Murray escaped. Ex yes, that was and, huge. And he didn't throw it out of the back of the end zone or too short. You're right. He put he it escaped up, escaped in a way where he could really set and and throw it where he wanted to throw it. And the only place it could possibly go where Hopkins could could make that catch. Yes, that was a phenomenal catch. But I I really like the Arizona Cardinals. And the thing is is that Miami beat him. Yeah. I I love the Miami Dolphins. Well, I think right Miami's now. a more complete team than Arizona is. I think Miami's defense is better than Arizona's defense. I think Arizona has better offensive weapons. I think they've got a couple of showy show pieces, but I'm I'm talking in all. I think you would say Miami special teams are probably better. Sure, I, I would agree with that. And their defense, I believe, is better. Yes, offensively, Arizona's more dynamic, but I think Miami's a better team overall. Well, and that may have been, you know. 
I mean, if that if that's the Super Bowl, if somehow everything just goes wacky and it's Miami and Arizona, wow, that would be an amazingly entertaining Super Bowl. If their if their first game that they played against each other was any any indication, it yeah. was it would it would be tremendous. And so, um, the other thing about Trevor Lawrence, I've just realized what what his career is going to be. He's going to not play this week. He's okay. going to lose a lot of love in the Heisman. He already has lost a lot of love and momentum. Well, he's out. He won't be invited. Uh, the uh, Kyle Trasks, the Zach Wilsons, the Justin Fields are going to go first. Yeah. Uh, ahead, they're going to go ahead of him in the wow. draft next year. Wow. And you know this struggling 5-11 and 11 team, maybe 6-10, and because they're starting their fourth-string team, the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> Dream. Dream yeah, Trevor dream Lawrence, dream until and, your and, come true. And, and treat him like they treated Steve Young. <laughs> wow. And you know what happened after they drafted Steve Young and all the sturm and drung that happened with Montana and Young in those first few years? Right. Montana stepped up. It it helped him. He won two Super Bowls. Right. Didn't so, draft him, uh, by the way. Brought him in. They, they, tra- they traded him. No, it was a trade uh, with uh, Tampa. It was right. an actual trade. They, I think they traded a second-round pick for him. And um, nice, and so nice that, move front office in Tampa. Yeah, well, I'm, this could play out the same way with the Jets. If he goes out this year, San Francisco could trade a second round pick to the Jets. They definitely take it. No doubt. Oh. Yeah. 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 I, no, I so, agree. So there you go. So so I, I mentioned Kyle Trask. Maybe that's a, a, a good. Hey, hey but, but let me help out a little bit here. Let's go to progressive trivia. There's your second set of clues. Now let's talk college football. Beautiful. There See, you that go. helped me. People will think uh, that helps more. We have a demarcation now. We had a maybe demarcation need, between segments. Maybe we need just like a music cue and a, and, a, and a slide, Jeff, that goes up that says next segment. And then Mark will know that we're in the next segment. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Uh, yeah, let's talk a little about college football um, because it was, uh, it was an interesting weekend. Hats off to Notre Dame. Which that had all the earmarks of a of a of a uh, trap game for them against a, what is a pretty good Boston College team with an ex Irish quarterback um, and early on Boston College was game but I think this Notre Dame team is a little different than I, I agree. You mentioned their speed early on in in other episodes, John. Go ahead. Much fat, much faster than right most other, us. much faster than other Notre Dame teams by far. They're, yeah. But they're also tougher. Yep. They're also tougher. They hit harder than I've seen Notre Dame teams hit. They wrap up and 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 and, and they make you pay as a defense with your offense. They they punched BC in the mouth. They did. And that was what impressed me the most about they're this good. team. They're good. You know, they've got some talent and they've got some uh some good skill position players and they've got good schemes, good defense, but boy oh boy, they they're tough. They hit hard. Yeah. And we'll see. We'll see if this can maintain. They still have to be on the road against Wake Forest. And they have another road game as well in the ACC. But the ACC, that's the other thing, too, about Clemson. If they win out, if they win out. Are you kidding? It's the ACC. They've yeah. already played Notre Dame and Miami. They're going to win out. Yeah, more than likely. Then more than likely, Notre Dame will, too. And if that's the case, then because the ACC doesn't have divisions this year, I think they're the only conference that doesn't have divisions. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. They just eliminated that. But the top two teams, I'm presuming, and I think that's that's what it is, is uh, it will be Notre Dame and Clemson. 
And yeah. I, I don't think Notre Dame is going to win the, the rematch, especially if uh, Trevor Lawrence is back. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. I'm, I think I'm as impressed by Notre Dame this week as I was with the win win over Clemson. Yeah, it was impressive. Because you can catch lightning in a bottle. We all know Ian Book is a good quarterback. They have a very good quarterback in Ian Book. But uh, their defense is much, much faster. That's what we saw with them when they were in the playoff before, is they just could not keep up with the speed of the teams from the South. So it's going to be interesting. And as as we talked about before, Notre Dame could uh, meet Clemson three times in this season. Uh, That scenario plays out a lot easier than people think um, because – you know, who, who doesn't believe that the Florida Gators, and now we'll talk about them for a minute, so good offensively, so very, very good offensively, dynamic, playmakers all over the field. That defense still worries me. It still worries me. Um, they are still going to have uh, some – it's the type of team – I know Florida State's terrible, but that worries me. Uh, I don't I actually – would they actually get Florida State at the end of the season? Has that game been eliminated? I I think that might be eliminated, so I might be wrong on that. I just, I just worry that Florida. Um, we we know now that Texas A and M is eliminated. Actually, yeah, okay. We know now that Texas A and M is actually a pretty good football team, though. They're going to miss another week, I believe, due to COVID this week. So what's going to happen in that situation? Yeah. But I, I I just worry about them. Uh, yeah, Kimberly, we see yeah chiming in no FSU this year, which I actually think is good for Florida because I just worry. That, you know, if they've already punched their ticket to uh, the SEC championship game, that that might be a little bit of a trap for them. But they're more than likely going to win out. They're not really facing a lot moving forward. But um, I just defensively, I still just don't think they're good enough. I think Notre Dame's defense is better than Florida's defense. Alabama's defense is better than Florida's uh, defense. Clemson, I, I, yeah, I just. It's funny. It's funny because their last game of the season against LSU, which is a team I think is underperforming. So that could be just as bad as facing a Florida State. Could be, uh, though LSU now facing their own uh, problems uh, internally. Yeah, big um, time, big time. That uh, that don't don't bode well for them moving forward. I think uh, I I think the Gators are like Oklahoma of the last few years. Maybe. They're like a big they're like a Big Twelve team that just beats you in a shootout. Yeah. And they were very close to beating Texas A&M. They only lost by three points, uh, and they scored thirty eight. And the thing about the the Gators is that you can they're averaging well over forty points a game, and if you score over forty points a game, you're going to win, even if it's a shootout, even if you give up thirty eight. Yeah. Kyle Trask's season thus far, yes, he has four more games to go, and yes, Joe Connolly and Kimberly are uh, you know already giving him the Heisman Trophy. Not going to win it. He's got twenty eight touchdowns to three interceptions. Yeah. And a 70% completion percentage. Playing really well. He's uh, he's on his way to having a better season than Joe Burrow had last year, who had the best season of a quarterback all time. Yeah. I, I love this kid. Very I good. really, really do. And it's amazing how many good young quarterbacks are, are coming into the league. I, I, I mentioned Wilson. I mentioned Fields. Obviously, you know, Trevor Lawrence is out there. Um Defenses you know, are struggling this year, though. Miami, I think, is a, is, is going to be a, a very interesting pro. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I know you're a Gator fan, and I know you're, you you want to hold back and, and not get too full of hubris, and I totally appreciate that and get it. But uh, he's this is a, an amazing year by Kyle Trask. I'm sorry. It's an amazing year. 28 yeah. and 3? 
Yeah. Come on, now, Johnny. Re- remember, and three. remember, the Heisman Trophy is going to be handed out, uh, I believe, this year. It will be handed out definitely after the Southeastern Conference uh, championship game. So if Kyle Trask can put up those kind of numbers against Alabama, I just think a Nick Saban defense, um, I, you know, I, I, again, let's defenses are struggling this year because of COVID. We've seen that uh, quite a bit. So I think that, that those numbers are a little bit inflated. I don't want to come off of Kyle Trask. I think he's abs- I think he's terrific. Um, I think he uh, he is a guy with with tremendous potential, even even his ceiling beyond there. I think it, where he is right now is very good. But uh, the defense is for Florida is, is going to have to tighten things up um, because, you know, even against Arkansas and, uh, you know, I'll take my hat off to Arkansas offensively. They had some really nice drives, but uh, there were huge gaping holes in that defense at times. They had guys running uh, open in the secondary to the point where this would worry me against a much better team. So we'll see moving forward. I don't think they've got a lot to challenge them uh, to, to, uh, to Jeff's point, LSU who is, I believe, underperforming, but also lost so many guys to the NFL. Um, I think that uh, that 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 could be that could be a tough game. But Florida may have already sewn up the East by that point in time, so it may not matter at all. Um, let's stay in college football for just a second, Mark. Uh, two teams that are struggling mightily: Penn State and Michigan. Um, I think Penn State is. I'm very surprised that Penn State is is playing as poorly as they are. I think James Franklin is a terrific coach. I don't think he is on any level of hot seat there. I think they may be one of those teams that just we're seeing this from Big Ten teams, particularly uh, haven't haven't really found their sea legs in this weird, weird season. And I think that has a lot to do with it. Uh, they've lost a couple of players as well. Michigan, I think, is a completely different animal. I think it's time for Jim Harbaugh to go. I agree. I oh, don't man. think I don't think he can save his job even with a win over Ohio State this year. Or he should. I'm not saying he can't. No, they, they are a bad team. And Defensively, they're terrible. Horrible defense. Horrible defense. And they were a good defense when he got there. Remember those first couple of years, Mark, it was he couldn't That's find the quarterback had, yeah. play. Yeah. He couldn't find quarterback play, which he still can't find. He's got a young guy, and I'm not going to beat up on him the whole time, but they are just, they look disinterested. They yeah. look, you know, unmotivated, and I just think, you know, the the early loss, um, they've never recovered from. And I, I think Jim Harbaugh should look around. I would hire Jim Harbaugh as a coach, but I think he is uh, a prisoner of expectations there, Mark. If you look everywhere else that Jim Harbaugh had success, those were not teams with big expectations. Where he started, San, it was at San Diego State or. San Jose State. I, I think University of San Diego. I University think. of San Diego. That's right. Um, Stanford had low expectations. The 49ers had low expectations. But he's at a place where I think the expectations are beyond really where the program has been for a long time. Um, and I simply I just don't think that that's a good fit, which is which is bizarre. But he might, it's, he might be done, too. He might just be done as a coach. As well, he no, might you don't think like, you don't think an NFL team would take a shot at Jim? I think an I mean, NFL the team Jets, would take a shot. The Jets could, the Jets might might hire him, for right. instance. Um, the, uh, I mean, who else would would who else? I mean, would San know, Diego, Jerry? No, I mean, I don't know about that. I mean, if if that's the case, they they would they would probably if they fired Lynn, 
they would probably offer something to Jim Harbaugh because he had success in that town. He's had success. He's had a lot of success in, in the state of California. Yep. So uh, that would make some sense, to tell you the truth. You know what also makes some sense is uh, Jerry Jones, if he got his head out of his ass, fire Mike <laughs> McCarthy and bring in Jim Harbaugh because you have a good roster. The Niners had a good roster in 2010. But there's another expectation thing. There's another, you know, where it's you're somewhere where I think the expectations are, you know, the expectations are for the Cowboys are just well beyond where they should be for any team. It's like every year we should win the Super Bowl. Yeah. The problem with Jim Harbaugh, wherever he goes, the expectations are going to be high. But you're right. Michigan has expectations. Cowboys have expectations. Chargers, probably not. But once they hire Jim Harbaugh, they're going to feel like. There right. The, the expectations he brings are you know, one thing. He but brings just, expectations yeah. with him, you know. Agreed. I agree. I agree with that. Um, I got to watch a little Pac-12 football, Mark. I think Oregon is a team, as I've said, if we start canceling games in the Southeastern Conference, which we are, um, the Big 12 has played their way out of the championship. Uh, Pac-12 is canceling their share of games, too, though. They are, but I think if Oregon can continue and and can play the lion's share of their games and undefeated and wins, I, I, I simply see no way that you can keep them out. And I think they get in over a Notre Dame team that lost close to Clemson at this point. Maybe, you know, if they but if they're canceling games and they already had they already had only six on their schedule, I'm not sure how many games they're going to play. And regardless of how many games they're going to play, I'm pretty I'm pretty sold on the idea that sometime late November, early December, uh, the Ducks are going to lose to uh, Cal. Anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Cal coming off a, a loss to uh, the UCLA. Bears. They're going to lose the Bears. Kudos to the Pac-12, though, Mark, because uh, – and, and then we'll move on to the potpourri section, so consider this your progressive trivia after this. But kudos to the Pac-12 because they did something that I think speaks very, very highly of them, and that was to be able to, on very short notice – put together that Cal-UCLA game because those were two teams that were not going to play. They were both missing games due to COVID issues that weren't their own, and they were able to throw that together, play that noon game at the at the Rose Bowl on Sunday. The Pac-12 is going to have to continue to do that because I do think if you – I agree with you. Lose one game and you're done. But if you can play seven undefeated, win a championship, and the eye test says to you, as I think it does with Oregon, this is a pretty good football team. Yeah, I think you can get into the thing. All right, I know you've been saying that. I'd like, I'd love to see it. You've been, you've been, you've been on that the entire season. So and you know, I'm a big Pac-12 guy because I love staying up are. late and watching those games. And I and and kudos to them for being able to move that game around and do that. It's something I don't think any of the other conferences have shown that they'd be able to do. Showed some flexibility. Yeah, and that's what you're going to have to show. All right, consider this your progressive trivia. Here, are your final set of clues. Moving on. Um, the potpourri section, Mark. I mentioned a couple things I wanted to talk about first. Let's. We mentioned LSU, so let's just stay with that for a minute. There are credible allegations at this point, numerous credible allegations that they have hid, hidden uh, instances of domestic abuse um, and sexual assault. There's a number of things going around there, um, and it's th- over a number of years, a couple of different coaching staffs, I believe, as well. Uh, how da- how much danger do you think LSU is in with this uh, of getting, uh, if nothing else, uh, some sort of probation from probationary period? Because this sounds like this sounds like people. This doesn't sound like um, 
plausible deniability, looking the other way. This honestly looks like people were told credible evidence that things had happened and they hid it. To me, it's pretty bad. I agree. And the reason why I feel it's pretty bad is because there's actual evidence and law enforcement that has come in and there's 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 records of all of this. You know, there are instances these days where the pendulum, while we agree the pendulum should be swinging as far as it can the other way in terms yeah. of the Me Too thing and everything else because of centuries and millennium of abuse, the, the inevitably the pendulum's going to swing too far and things are, things are going to get a little outrageous. And, and there's going to be a little bit of a culture where all you have to do is accuse someone and, and they're in trouble and it's, and you kind of get away from the due process thing. So having said all that in the college campuses is ripe, rife for that, but college campuses and athletic programs are also rife for this kind of crap and this kind yeah. of bullshit. And one of the guys, was arrested for domestic abuse. Right. So I'm sorry. There, there is credible evidence right there. It's not just it's not just a he said, she said kind of deal. It's that this guy had a pattern of this kind of kind of thing, and LSU chose to not deal with it. And and I think yes, there's got to be a middle ground. Yes, there's got to be due process. Absolutely, absolutely. But you can't even begin to answer those questions or solve those problems if you just sweep everything else under the rug. Yeah. And you deserve, if you've swept everything under the rug, to get exposed for that and to pay a penalty for that, especially when one of the receivers or whatever it was that was accused ended up getting charged and arrested for it. So it's yeah. not as if this is, again, a he said, she said. I agree with you. I think they're in trouble, and I think they should be in trouble. And Joe Connolly making the point that he hates when you're punishing current teams for past teams' transgressions. I don't disagree with that at all. And I mean, I think, but these these are things that have happened relatively recently, and I think that's why with in situations like that, guys should be able to, and, and they are able to transfer without uh, with without sitting out a year and a lot of different things. This looks like a systematic problem uh, down there uh, from what we're hearing. And again, we need to get all the information, but it looks pretty bad for LSU. And actually uh, this has, it, it means absolutely nothing, but, but it kind of worries me for the Florida LSU game a, a little bit because it's the sort of thing that can allow a team with talent and they have a lot of talent to circle the wagons a little bit. And you just wonder if, because this is going to play itself out and we probably won't find out about any sort of sanctions until next season, this could make LSU a more dangerous team moving forward. We shall see. All right. That's enough on that. I wanted to talk about the NBA draft and here's why we, we spent a lot of time, Mark, looking at in the rearview mirror at drafts and just talking about how poorly, poorly teams tend to draft just and how he, they miss you know how they just constantly miss good teams the patriots early sure. round drafts have just not done particularly well now they've done better late but here's what i want i'm looking forward to five years from now three to five years from now front offices in the nba have had a lot less time and put a lot fewer resources into drafting i think everyone would agree with that they would agree with that they've talked about it. it's been very difficult for them they had a shortened season in, in college basketball. Um, they didn't get to see a tournament where guys were playing against maybe better talent. And um, this thing covered Europe. So you don't get, you know, if it had just been in this country, I'd have thought, well, my European player is going to do really well. I want to look forward three to five years and see if maybe the percentages are just about the same that perhaps yeah. these longer periods of time, and there have been NFL guys that have told us this um, that the long period of time to look at guys actually affects you more 
by talking yourself out of guys than it does right anything else. Yeah. And I really, really want to see moving forward if we look and and maybe they hit at the same percentage. Maybe they do a little better. Maybe it's just, you know, instead of going through all of these motions and seeing what the shuttle run is and the vertical jump and talking blah, blah, blah. Maybe we just look at the guy, the film of these guys playing. I think it's easier to do that with basketball a little bit than it is with football, where I think the competition uh, is will the lack of competition exposes a guy a little more than it does in basketball. But I'm just really interested to see how these NBA teams do, given that they had less information. Yeah. Yeah. And how they do that too. I was worried about uh, in terms of the virtual kind of thing, I was really interested in seeing what would happen in the NFL about that when they're all not in, you know, when they're not all the energy of the room, if you will, I think affects decision-making. I think you're right. And so they didn't have to deal with any of that. We'll see what happens with the NBA with a lot less information. The NBA is going to be very interesting moving forward uh, with the start, with the later start time and uh, with the way the NBA draft is as well. I'd also like to bring up in potpourri this idea of the NCAA basketball tournament. You you gave me an article about that, yeah. about having it all in one location the entire time. Indianapolis. Which means, and you know, that's a great location, obviously, for college basketball. But it means that there's 13 locations that we're planning on hosting uh, regionals, uh, sectionals, if you will, uh, prior to the Final Four. And uh, they're going to miss out on all that, which is sort of equivalent, John, of, of both, you know, if they were to, if, if the NCAA were, were to say, we're going to have our college football playoff, you know, at, at the Rose Bowl and that's it. We're going to just not do anything else. It's this. It's the equivalent of that in a way. You ha, you you deny these areas of all that economic yeah. benefit, everything else, blah blah blah. Again, the economic benefit is no one knows what it is because how many people are going to be allowed? I you know I I do I am a little worried about this next phase of of the coronavirus heading into cold weather. Yeah, I do think that the therapeutics have gotten better. I do think the fact that there's so much testing reveals how many people are asymptomatic and how how the morbidity rate is a lot lower than we thought. So right. it, it, the, the the fear the the fear that gripped us in March and April doesn't have to necessarily be there. But I worry about the weather. I worry about the cold. I worry yeah. about December, January, and February because that's when flu thrives. And sure. I just am concerned about all that stuff. I think it's. Probably pretty prudent for the NCAA. Uh, I'm surprised for the basketball tournament to make this call now. Frankly, I'm a little surprised that they said, and I think probably the success of the bubble at Disney had something to do with it. That they said all in one uh, location. I thought what they might do was have the regionals all held in one regional location, and then the final four yeah. in Indianapolis, where you know y- y- at least. You opened it up because these regional games are played all over the country. There's a lot of different uh, uh, places where they play through the first and the second round. I thought maybe they'd move all the first and second round games and everything to one low. So there'd be, you know, games in Charlotte, games in Los Angeles, games in Indianapolis, and then, you know, maybe down in Texas or something to split it up. But they're talking about one place. So I think they're probably worried as you are, Mark, because March still going to be the colder weather. Hopefully, we will have moved past it a little bit, but uh, and, but, and maybe there's a vaccine in the offing at that point. Who knows? It's I'm just uh, I'm just a little concerned because it's hard to put the genie back in the bottle when yeah. people have you know gotten used to 
trying to live a normal life with masks, social distancing, and washing your hands more and, and, and sanitizer. But with so many fewer pay players on basketball teams, Mark, it's really hard. Football, some of these football teams can have four and five guys, depending yeah. on their position, and yeah. they can still play games. But you lose a couple of guys on a basketball, even, you know, one starter. It's it's going to be difficult. I, I, I keep my fingers crossed they're going to be able to pull it off. Uh, but it is, uh, they should have actually played those preseason tournaments down in Disney, giving both you and I work and at least gotten an idea of how it was going to work out, but instead they went a different way. All right, we waited. This is the final thing we're going to talk about, Mark, on my on my menu, and that is the Masters. You know it would have been the number one thing we would have talked about if somebody had won. Uh, he didn't. Uh, Dustin Johnson won going away, essentially. Going away. I mean, he had he struggled a little bit and played a very smart final round. I loved having the final round of the Masters early on a Sunday, an NFL Sunday. It was really a lot of fun. Um, he won going away. I, I think um, Joe Conley asked it. What was better, DJ winning or Tiger hitting a 10 on the par three? Okay. People have what a bad hole. Better? What was better? What was the bigger moment, I guess? Or Now, I guess, what was better? Well, what was better, obviously, was DJ winning. Good sure. Lord. We're not some yeah. sort of... We're talking about hate film. Jesus. Well, he's a Cowboy fan. So people don't like Tiger. Not, nah. not everybody. Some people don't like Tiger. Yeah. But, you know, focusing on that, how about uh, Bryson DeChambeau, if that is your real name, who was, you know, he was going to win the thing going, oh, my God, he's going to reset the community. He finished like 56th or something. And, you know, so let's not pick on Tiger. He, Tiger played pretty well. Yeah. He had a crap hole. It he happened. had a champ. He had the champ. He had a champion moment. He had a, the he champion did. moment. He did, but he didn't have it when he was. Uh, he didn't do uh, the things that guys do when they're leading. You know what I mean? He didn't collapse there. He had no. a crappy hole, but he played really well. He did time. outside of that hole. He did, and and really mid third round, you know, it was over. The, the yeah, thing absolutely. was over. Yeah, I mean, Dustin Johnson is the best player in the world. He's number one for a reason, and uh, he just schooled everyone. I mean, what was it twenty under? Right, twenty. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, really. he did. And the other thing I like about Johnson, I know you, uh, it's just, it, it just eats at you because you hate him. You, I, I don't hate Dustin. You hate him like I hate Trevor Lawrence. No, Admit no, it. No, no. I, do. I, I don't hate Dustin Johnson. Uh, but Dustin Johnson and his brother, who's his caddy, talks about this. I can give him the wrong yardage and he still can scramble and make it work. He has the whole game. And also, I just think he has this mentality. And I love the fact because he plays in this just sort of good old boy, never gets to, you know, next shot. And golfers will tell you, you start playing the score, the the, the leaderboard, you're going to have problems. You start playing against your uh your playing partner, you play the course, play the next shot. You can't, it's not about them. It's about you. And he does that very well. But I love the fact at the end that he admitted he was nervous the whole time. It's all a bit of a facade, but that he just has that makeup. Yeah. And he's a guy who's lost some really, really heartbreaking. He has. And, grounding and his club in what none of us believed was a, you know, where was that? Was that whistling straights? It was one of those Northern, uh, courses he, he was the heartbreak kid for a he was time. and and for this to happen now for him after going through that and you know that's a great story it really is i have nothing against dustin johnson except that he was beating tiger at the time. 
That's the only problem. And I, you know, I know I have no issues with the guy. I think the guy and I, I was a little like, OK, yawn, been there, done that. But that's not that's not really the case with Dustin Johnson. This is only a second major, correct? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's only a second. second major that he's won. Yeah. Only his second major that he's won. He's so been it's in not, contention. You know, it's not, it's not as if he's. Yeah. So and he's lost some heartbreakers. And so good for him. Good for Dustin Johnson. Way to go. I'm just looking at. I have, I'm looking I have at a few friends that are, you know. That root for the USA golfers, you know, that's the thing. They want the USA golfers to win. It's like, oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. You know, I guess when you're watching the Ryder Cup, that makes sense, but I'm not, I don't care about the other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I root for there, there are some he's guys. From the, he's from the good old USA, Dustin Johnson. Yeah, he's from he's the, from not that far away from uh, uh, Augusta National, and he's always wanted to win there. And again, he's got his brother on the bag, and he's just got, he's dating Wayne Gretzky's daughter. For God's, they might even be married at this point. Very attractive. Who knows? Very attractive. They're not married, Jeff. They're you're saying. I I I think they're just dating. They may be engaged. They're, they're just friends. They're, she wears a ring sometimes, but uh, it depends. They have an agreement. Yeah, he won $2.1 million. Why do I think they're probably still going out at this point, at least? Even though she's, she's Wayne Gretzky's daughter, so it's probably she's probably got more money than he does at this point. You're, but. you're, you're just throwing women under the bus as if the reason why they're attached to men is because of how much money they're making, John. If somebody, uh, listen, I did, Dustin. I'm not if he, sure we should. If he's got $2.1 million, another $2.1, I'll date him, for God's sake. And I'm, you know, well, I, I can cook. You can you, I'm you've relatively great, entertaining you've got, at times. You've got great hair. You can cook, and you you can be very funny, especially if you uh, go dark. Her, like her her Wikipedia page says partner Dustin Johnson. So I don't know if they're in business together. If they're uh... they have a they have a series of uh, chicken restaurants in uh, in South Carolina. It's uh, they're partners. They're partners. Yeah, they're, they're they're partners, but uh, so congratulations to him. It was a it was a fun tournament. Uh, I, I love that sports. Uh, excuse me, college game day was there on Saturday at Augusta National. It was fun to see Augusta National when it wasn't the spring with the magnolias exactly. blooming and exactly, everything. Exactly, Johnny. I mean that to to see to see the Masters and then see you know NFL football. It's not going to happen ever again. It's fun. Ah. Well, you never know. There could be another pandemic. Pandemic, probably another hundred years. Mark's Mark's crossed his fingers. I hope we get to see that again. I'm sure, yeah, maybe something pandemic will cut through p- the population like a scythe. But as long as long as we get multiple sports at the same time, it will be worth it. Everything happening at once. All right, so that that's it. No progressive trivia Monday. We called it. Uh, Mark's Mark's on the fence about it. I can tell. I'm on the fence. Yeah. Well, next show is yours. Do whatever the hell you want. It can be all progressive trivia if you want. We just do an hour's worth of progressive trivia, but nothing to give away unless we go over to Jeff's and take those bats that we uh, that we gave away. Or or it could be like early years of the ESPN Club, Mark. We could look around the I could look around my office here, and it's like, uh, hey, uh, folks, uh, I have a wireless mouse. Whoever gets this right gets this wireless <laughs> mouse. <laughs> seriously, seriously, I have a cheap I have a cheap little uh, you know Alti speaker you know to bluetooth that i think i got on the disney cruise line you can you can have this if here's my wife's old reader she doesn't wear them anymore these can be yours 
I have a San Francisco Giants hat. I promise to mark. That's so we can give that. No, away. no. <laughs> I need that hat because Amanda, Joe's wife, has said I can never wear this English hat again. So what I, is it? Amanda, is that? as soon as humanly oh. possible, I will replace that England hat and uh... with a Giants hat. I need the Giants hat, Jeff. I really do. It's All right. right. I'll come by and we'll we be need, outside we in masks and hand it off. We need to give away something. We we just have to we have to figure this out. But we have to monetize so, the show so we, we can give away oh, something. Speaking of nice work, everyone, if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, subscribe because that will ensure that we will stay on the air. Just tell everyone to subscribe. Again, it's just like the podcast. You don't have to watch it. You don't have to enjoy it. It doesn't cost you anything. Just press the little subscribe button and call it a day. And your favorite sports hosts. Mark Furrer and John Pelkey and your favorite producer, Jeff Taylor, will stay on the air because at some point in time, John, yeah. we, we, we can't keep doing this for free. Why? What else do we have? Well, what else you got going? You got a lot going? That project I had is over now. So what yeah. Do you, what are you doing? What are you doing the rest of the day, Mark? Several Drinking. pops? Drinking. Drinking. Yes. Some, some Kennedy documentaries? Yeah. You know, Kennedy. I'll watch a little of The Crown. I'm about oh, yeah. episodes in The Crown. That's pretty fun. That dropped. I watched a, watched a movie uh, with Sophia Loren. 85-year-old Sophia Loren. And I can't think of the can't remember the name of the movie. I should look it up. But it's a remake wow. of a movie from the 70s, an Italian movie. And uh, Loren's son um, directed it. And uh, she it's a, ma- a remake of a movie called Madame Rosa. Um, I'm going to – this is not at all How good. was it? Was it good? It was terrific. And I want to be able to recommend it uh, to everybody. The Life Ahead. And it's the first movie she's done uh, since nine, 11 years ago, which was terrible. Um, but she's bad. she's she's terrific. She's just terrific. And is it Netflix? Prime? The Life Ahead. I think Ooh. it's on Netflix. Pretty sure it's on HBO Netflix. Max. I don't have HBO. Well, I do. Yeah, I do. Showtime, I YouTube, um, Laserdisc, Smithsonian, VHS, Smithsonian. <laughs> I mean, that would work for Sophia Loren. Absolutely. Oh. She should be in the Smithsonian. Right? Are you kidding me? I agree. Mm. Can you my, imagine? The my people? goodness. Oh, I know. I love Sophia Loren. But, but highly recommended. You're right, Mark. I'm going to dive into the crown. We've done three seasons of Fargo as we're now catching up on uh, for our for our listening audience. What we've uh, either you guys binge anything recently? See anything that's worth watching? I'm watching the boys. I, I fought it off for a long time and I'm I need to do that. Going. I really okay. am. a I, I really am becoming a fan of uh, Meg Ryan's kid. Oh yeah, yeah, that dude. Yeah, he was yeah. in um he was in um vinyl. Yeah. The uh the the miniseries, uh HBO miniseries, which only lasted a season. Mick Jagger was one of the uh, uh executive producers. But it's, Den- it's Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan's kid, I believe. That's right. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. He's good. He's very, very good. Yeah, the boys. It's been highly recommended. I'm gonna have to dial in as well. I'm binging on the crown currently, so I'll let you know how it is, but it's it's fun. It starts in seventy nine. Why can't you binge on the crown and watch the boys at the same time? I mean, you're you drunk 24 seven. And you got nothing. You got nothing going. Your project's over. By the way, by the way, Mark must've been, Mark must've been a couple of pops in yesterday. He sent to a female friend of ours, uh, a, uh, 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 a text. I can notice a text. It was a Facebook post that basically said, uh, something special going on down there. And I read it and I went, Jesus, Mark. I mean, good God. Talk Uh about hashtag me, too. Hey, hey, something special going on down there. They're Dolphin fans. 
and I wanted uh-huh. to say something special going on down in South Florida. I just said going on down there, and it just I mean, if you look at it that way, it's it hilarious. really it just it's everybody really, did, it, Mark. Everybody did. <laughs> <laughs> so you know good luck with that approach i don't think i always found did. the more indirect approach sure you work this is very blatant very far <laughs> like 60 now he goes i don't have time for dinner and a movie something special going on down there want to be a part of it let me know good well no, i mean know. it's ridiculous if you look at it that way i don't think ever i didn't look at it that way last night <laughs> He thought it was a Me Too moment, but it was just a Me Too moment. <laughs> me Too moment. Me Too moment. There it is. That's what it was. All right. What's the boys? What's the, boys uh, what's the premise? Am I going to like that show? Do I, am I going to like it, that Well, show? let me tell you. The reason I never watched it was because it's about superheroes. But don't let that fool you. The superheroes are assholes. Ooh. So it's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard really, really good things about it. So I, I have to dial into that. We gave into Fargo. And, Jeff, if you haven't done and you enjoyed the film... I've begun it. It's it's just it's nobody nobody's able to uh, put in one show in my mind just uh, horrific violence, just characters that are so beyond the pale and so over the top cartoonish, and then literally the most mundane, <laughs> boring stuff. They Boardwalk just do Empire. that so well. Boardwalk Empire kind of did some of that. It, it it did it, it yeah there was there was a little bit of that but, but being sort of an historical you know with with historical characters in it, it I think I, I think I it, that grounded it a little more but this is because there are Jeff you probably agree there are characters in this that you go if, if you met this person you'd put them in a straight jacket and, and there's no way they would survive on the streets but you completely buy into them and the most ridiculous scenarios because they just do it so well. Do you need to see it in order? I know each one is no, a separate. Each one, well, each one is a separate. I'll, I'll say it's this. chronological in a way, right? It, well, it's not really chronological because the first one was at, at one period of time. The second one jumped back much further. The first one was like 2010-ish, I think, or something. The second one went back to 1979. The third one was, uh, again, towards uh, a modern era. And then the the fourth one, which we haven't uh, jumped into yet, is from the four, late 40s, I believe, the 40s. So, yeah, it jumps around. But there are sort of through lines because it's in Chris the same Rock. area. And you'll get characters referenced that were from a different season, or you'll meet somebody okay. again. So it's okay. it's really it's very much worth it. But but honestly, the Sophia Loren uh, movie that I that I said uh, the Life Ahead, check it out. It's a great it's a great date movie. So you know if you reach out and you go, hey, something special is going on down there. But you know we can watch the Life Ahead before that if you like, because I hear it's pretty good. Or maybe a pillow talk movie. I don't know, Mark. It's your, your life. I, I don't. I don't know either, John. Do I don't know either. That's Do what you want. All right, everybody, have a good uh, balance of Monday and Tuesday. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. By the way, Kirk Cousins is zero and nine on Monday Night Football. Vikings Bears tonight. I think he breaks that streak. That's my call. Do you? Yep. You love Kirk Cousins. Nope, I love. You uh, love Kirk Cousins. Nope. Like the You've always had an inexplicable attraction to him. Uh, I don't know I, why. I, I do think he's. I, I do think he's solid. I just think Minnesota beats Chicago tonight. Yeah, I, I think Minnesota's on the rise as well. Yep, I they are very much so. All right, everybody. Too, by the way, with my shots and locks, zero and two. Okay, I actually, I think I had a good day. I think I, I think I had a good day.
yesterday. I don't even remember who I did, but I, I, I know I, uh, I, I picked the Giants, who, by the way, Remember, we buried them. They might win the East. They might be the best team they're, in the East right now. They're a game and a half out at three and seven. They are in a prime position to win that division. At three, three, and and three and seven. They got everybody where they want them. Hey, right yeah, they've got the Eagle. They've got everyone where they want to be. Oh, three goodness. and seven, baby. Watch out for the watch out for the New York football giants. Yep. Three, three and seven and a half game out, I think, of first place and on, on the move. All right. For Jeff Taylor, Mark Ferrer, I'm John Pelkey. You guys uh, enjoy your next couple of days. We'll talk to you on Wednesday, maybe with progressive trivia. 